are listening to the Pet Radio Show on PetRadioShow.com with your host, Robert Paul Hudson. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Beth Frank, president of Community Cats United. Welcome to the Pet Radio Show, Beth. Thank you for having me. Now, why don't we get started with you giving us kind of a uh, a little history of your organization, a a summary, if you will, of of uh, how you folks got started and what you do. Uh, we started in September of 2014. There was um, through the AVMF. There was a contest on America's Favorite Vet, and our our local vet. Um, she was involved with TNR. She still is, um, and she does it for our county for free. So that's pretty remarkable, Dr. Mm. Tina Roggenbeck. And uh, I thought she would be a very good candidate for Vet of the Year. So I had nominated her, and then I was doing social media work trying to get her name out there. And through that, I found in our groups, but none of them were really connected. They were all very distant, even if they were in the same state. They didn't know about each other. They didn't work together. Mm. So I formed Trap Neuter Return Community. That was our first page um, on Facebook. And every day I would reach out to five, ten groups and invite them to this, to our new group that we would all work together. And it took off. We're now at 23,000 members, 1,000 groups, 110 countries, and all 50 U.S. states. Wow. You're, you're really out there. Yeah, that's pretty good for four years. <laughs> now, did you start out as, as a local organization, just serving a local area, or did you start out with, with uh, having in mind being a, a national and even international organization? I started out thinking we would be national. I didn't know too much about if TNR existed in other countries, and now you're hearing stories a lot, or we do, that um, Spain just passed some legislation where the towns are going to be required to have to feed the cats and different home, you know, shelter them, and they will have them spayed and neutered and that sort of thing. So that's huge. A lot of our cities don't even have that, you know. Mm, and yeah. remarkable things they're doing. Uh, India's another one where they've really taken it and run with it, and, mm. boy, they've done a great job. Now, TNR uh, is still relatively new. It's only been around... Uh, uh, really in the mainstream, I think, in the past uh, decade or so, but uh, uh, has there been uh, uh, enough data to show that it's really working to eliminate feral colonies? What data is out there does show that it does work. The problem is um, there's a lot of naysayers, and the way to prove or disprove if it really works is let's go mainstream with it and let's see what happens. Then we have huge numbers that can't be disputed. And I think once you do that, you'll find that TNR, in fact, does work and it changes the lives for these cats and the environment and the people around them all for the better. Hmm. Now, for those that may not know what TNR is, it's Trap 
neuter return is what it stands for, right? And the the idea is to, uh, when you uh, encounter, find a a colony, a a group of feral cats that are living together on the street or or uh, in rural areas. It might be in a barn or in a farm, or uh, but but in the city, it's just they seem to be everywhere. So, so the idea is to, to trap all the cats in the colony, spay neuter them, and then return them to a colony where people kind of watch over them and, and feed them and, 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 so care for them. And, and care for them so that they can live out their lives on the street, uh, assuming that they can't be homed, or that, uh, they're, they're just too feral to, to, bring, to adopt out. So, so they're placed back in a location where they can be managed and taken care of, live out their life, but not produce more kittens, right? Correct, correct. There probably are more uh, feral cats in the city than in the the country because there's apartments there, there's, um, you know, like students and universities, these people will leave and... They had a cat, they opened the door and let it go. Oh, the cat can take care of itself. Well, not really, you know. How are they going to get food? So they have to start scrounging for food and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, If people were a little more responsible and reached out to a rescue group and said, hey, I'm going to be moving, I have to leave my cat behind. Can you help Mm -hmm. me find a place so that it can get adopted out again? We wouldn't have so many problems. Yeah. Well, well uh, we also wouldn't have as, as much of a problem if people kept their cats indoors uh, and then uh, and, and not let them ro- uh, roam free outside where they can get lost or injured or hurt or, or a person has to suddenly move and they, they can't locate their cat because it's outside someplace and they end up leaving the cat behind, not even necessarily on purpose, but, it, but it's, it's just hard in, in an apartment complex that type of community where people are constantly going in and out and the cat ends up being left behind yes well what's the toughest part of of what your organization does what's your biggest challenge finding local spay and neuter options that are low cost that will do tnr um the big cities have more and more of that the smaller communities they may have three vets in town, but none of them are low cost. You know, they're a regular vet. And so there are um, mobile clinics popping up that will come around and they can do the TNR there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one, I'm in Michigan, we have a wonderful group called All About Animals Rescue. And they actually have a van that they go up around and they pick up cats, and they drive them to their clinics, and they get them fixed. And then they bring them back to the people who trapped them. Wow. And if everybody had something like that, you know, it would be a lot easier. Because the people who are trapping them, most of them are paying for it out of their own pockets. Hmm. And when you're paying $100 roughly to get a cat fixed, you can't do a lot of that on your own. Hmm. Now, your organization really... Uh, uh, gets down to the nuts and bolts of the problem, and and, and help you help people uh, to uh, you know you know to set up a, a care for a colony and and that sort of thing, right? But uh, you're not so much into the politics of it. 
you're more into the boots on the ground, right? Right. We're a grassroots network, and if somebody, we have a lot of people joining our group, and they'll say, well, you know, I'd kind of like to get some information on maybe doing TNR in my city, so we'll reach out to them and try to guide them on how to do that, and uh, depending on the situation, how the government unit there feels about them, whether they have leash laws or feeding bans, you know, it just depends on what you're going to deal with to get this TNR approved. But it is something that can be done, and it has been done. And it's happening more and more every day. Hmm. Uh, do, Do you find that local governments, city governments, county or even a state, I guess. Uh, uh, do they uh, generally support what you do, or is it an uphill battle kind of trying to... Do you have to convince them that this is worth the, the, the time and energy to put together? The one big thing that's been coming around is that, like a city, they'll say, geez, we got these... We call them community cats, which are... Uh, ferals, semi-ferals, and friendlies that are outside. Mm -hmm. We have these cats running around, and we can't seem to take care of the problem. Trap and kill has been going on for decades, and it has not worked, because if it had, we wouldn't still be having all these cats. You can't kill all the cats. So they become more open to, to talking about it, about, well, you know, these... Um, cats, if you had them fixed, they're not going to reproduce. So you're preventing it right there. And you don't have to kill them. They'll live their lives out and they'll do their own thing. And people are there to watch the, uh, you know, the colonies and everything like that. So why not try it? Your way hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And you you help people to along the way to... Uh... I presume to kind of teach them how to work, how to work the system locally, how to how to approach the their government and that sort of thing. Yes, that's the one important thing is that you have somebody local that's willing to stand up and go in front of the council or whoever they have to talk to, go talk to the mayor, um, and and say, hey, we want TNR here, we want to help these cats, and it's a win for both sides, and. You really need that local person so that they can go and they're not saying, well, it's this outside group coming in telling us what to do. No, you're listening to your people and we're helping them make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, what should someone do if they've come across a colony or a group of, of, of cats that, that appear to be on their own, living just off the street? Uh, What's the first thing someone should do if they want to help? And where are they going? What's the first thing? Let me put it this way. What's the first thing they do in trying to uh, determine whether this is a a group of cats that needs help? Uh, And then uh, how do they, how to initiate the process and and, and how how to figure out where to go? You know, I mean, how to approach the, the local town council or whatever? The first thing is, I would do is I would look for a local rescue or TNR group. If you don't know of any, you can get on the computer and you can, you know, Google for that. And 
a lot of times something will come up there that you can contact them and say, hey, I found these cats, and, you know, you can learn. You have somebody to mentor you that way. You can also reach out to our group because we have a page for every U.S. state, and we have connections in all the states, so we just would refer them on to there, put them out on the state page, look, um, you know, that are in that state, and it's worked really well that way. Well, do you have uh, any success stories that you can share with us? We've had a lot of success stories. There was one um, down in Missouri, and the cats... Were, they had tons of cats in the town, community cats. Mm-hmm. And the local ladies stepped up, and we all worked together. And we actually, there was a spay and neuter um, that came in, a clinic and a vet, and they started TNRing these. And they've been at it about a year now, and they're doing really well. And the whole thing started because the local animal control officer had made a post on Facebook and he said, keep your cats inside because I'm going to start trapping and killing. Well, that didn't go over big. He got blasted out of the water, of course. And I had reached out to him to talk. And finally, when the local came on board, boy, that helped a lot and things took off. They went and talked to the mayor, and, you know, their program is is really doing well. Wow, that's great. There's another organization, uh, national organization, Alley Cat Allies. How how is your work different from what they do? Do you basically do the same kind of thing, or do you go about it, attack it from different angles, the problem? We actually do go at it from different angles. Um, Alley Cat Allies is... um, more for legislative work. Um, They deal with the politics and um, try to get TNR laws passed through government, like the state. Um, They will work with the cities and everything, too. Mm -hmm. But we have the... We're an all 100% volunteer organization. And so... All of us are working together for one purpose, which is to help these cats. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it's like, you know, you're you're part of a group that is making a real difference. Mm-hmm. And you're vested through that rather than, you know, a paycheck or something else like that. We're here and we work together. We don't look for... We, In fact, we rarely will say, well, we did this or we did that. We don't do that usually. We just, if it happens, it's a great thing, and it's been happening more and more, so that's a good thing. You're not doing it for recognition. You're doing it to, to help the cats and to or, help organize boots on the ground. That's that's your yes. that's your mission, right? Not to, uh, uh, I mean, just it's just that simple, I guess. You're, you're there to help the cats. Yes. And all our people are volunteers, so they donate a lot of time because they believe in this and they know together we can make a difference. I've always said strength in numbers, and when you've mm-hmm. got 23,000 people, 
people tend to listen to you a little bit more. <laughs> and so when we can go to the city or something like that and say, we've got 23,000 members, well, you know, they're thinking, geez, we don't want 20,000 people spreading bad news about us all over <laughs> social media, so maybe we better listen a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Absolutely. But I presume, though, that you guys aren't, you know, like, militant about it or something. I no, mean, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. We try to be civil you know, and uh, respectful because when you get down in the dirt and you fight with the other side, you're not going to gain anything. It's not going to help the cats. Sure. So we stay above that. And this is all coordinated and, and implemented through the Internet uh, online, and, and, yes. it's, and it's through a, a Facebook group? Is, is that the yes. Ma- that's the main hub of, of, what, of where everybody comes together? Yes, Trap Neuter Return Community on Facebook. And uh, then we've got several groups and pages from there. We have one for um, if people are doing GoFundMes or they need help, you know, with money for a sick cat or something. We have a fundraising and event page. We have uh, Fix Finder, which is a new project this year that we're working on to help find more options for spay and neuter and also help pay for some of those where maybe we can set it up with a vet that will will pay so much and then maybe the the person who has the cat will pay just a little bit Mm. and we can get it through that way we really don't do a lot of fundraising the only fundraising we've been doing is for you know the fix finder and to fund Mm. this so that we can get it moving. Well, what what are the typical costs involved for you? I I, I mean, I, I, besides uh, the 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 spay neuter, you know, for the for the ongoing management of the colony, I guess the, uh, you have to pay for food and and uh, uh-huh. do, you, do you put out those uh, those shelters? I've seen that I know Alley Cat Allies kind of kind of promotes them, but these these outdoor shelters for the cats where they can get out of the. It's like a little enclosure a cave like they can climb into to get out of the elements or something yes um and you'd be surprised at the type of these shelters that are out there there's just very basic ones to ones that are like two-story with heat and wow (laughs) if you don't have the heat you put straw in it Mm. and that keeps the body heat in there and there's some mylar tape and different things you can do to it too. Yeah, the re- and the reason I use, uh, let's see, what did you say? You said it, it's it's hay or what did you call straw. it? Straw. Straw, straw. And the, re- uh, the reason they use that is because it, it doesn't hold water or something, right? It doesn't get all so- right. soggy? Correct. How does that work? Is it just, uh, what does what it, does it just kind of, keep the water at the bottom of it or something? Or what? No, you take and you put it in um, a lot of times, uh, like the pet stores, they'll have those styrofoam coolers that they get that fish were shipped to them in. Mm. And they'll put them out in the back for anybody who wants them. And you take those, you can put them into, you know, put the straw in and tape them up and, make a nice little hole for them, and it keeps them out of the wind. It keeps them 
warm from their body heat. Um, there's You can use totes and cut out the hole. Or, there's so many things, it's uh, unbelievable. Uh, whatever, whatever works, I guess, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. So, and how long have you been doing this now? It, it's, uh, I mean, you've been involved in this organization for quite a while. Four now, years. Right? How four years. Four years. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> uh, have you? What sort of progress have you seen just since you've been involved in it? Has, has things gotten easier or better? Have, have you seen a, a, a kind of a, a a rise in public awareness? Uh, since you've been doing this? I think so. We have a coloring book on TNR, too, and it explains the process. It's for kids and adults, too. So um, that's one thing to get educated people. Um, but there's, like, you can feel there's change in the air. At least I feel it because I were, when I first started and you'd reach out to somebody, they wouldn't even respond to you. And now they're more willing to listen. Oh, I've heard of TNR. I wondered how it worked and, you know, that sort of thing. So it is finally getting its recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and if it's done properly and, and, and all like, like you've outlined where uh, you do the TNR, you do the, uh, and then you, together with other people, you manage the group and make sure they're being taken care of and all that. Has it gotten to the point where you don't see as much resistance to the idea? Uh, uh, has the public as a whole warmed up to it more, you think? I think so. Um, and when our trappers are out and feeders and all that, uh, neighbors may come up and say, well, we don't want those cats around here. Yeah. Well let's talk to you about that, you know, and that's where we can educate and say these cats are, are going to be fed, they're going to have shelter, they're not going to be reproducing, and attrition is going to reduce their number. And it's just to inform them of that sort of thing because TNR, a lot of people don't understand, but when you explain it, mm. there's so many times when people say, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just, you know, just something that you fix them and you throw them back out or something. No, no, no. Yeah. That's not. And these these cats in colonies, they can live up to 18 years just like an inside cat yeah. when they're cared for. And the the people who are doing all this work, I mean, I give them a shout out. They're, they have really put themselves mm -hmm. out there. And they've shown compassion and helped somebody that can't speak for themselves even. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll get yelled at or, you know, threatened, things like that. But they keep going. They keep doing it. Uh, and, and, and bit by bit, I think we're changing the hearts and minds of people. That, because I, I think everybody, most people anyway, except for the, those with a very dark heart, but, but most people... <laughs> Most people really uh, feel for the animals, uh, and, you know, and, and don't want to see any animals suffering or 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 uh, living a a life that is not a good life. I, I think bit by bit, perhaps we're we're getting closer to the point where where people really understand the value of of this whole program. Yes, I think so too. I think we're moving that way. The only thing that 
kind of bothers me is that it seems as if there are, in some areas of the country or, or, or whatever, there are people uh, not doing it, not doing the whole picture. I mean, they're, like I, there was one group I ran into in the state of Washington a few years ago that, uh, that goes around trapping cats uh, to spay-neuter them, but then just throws them back out there without any colony management, without feeding stations, without anything. They, they just trap as many as they can and neuter them and then throw them back out on the street again. That's not really an effective way of, to, do, to solve the problem, is it? Well, it will, it will stop them from reproducing, and that's the main thing is to, mm -hmm. to get the cat numbers down. And certainly they have a caretaker there to take care of them and all that. That's the ideal thing. Once in a while, it can't be done because you don't have the volunteers. If more people would come forward and and help, this thing could run so so much better mm. than it does. Now, now, have you have you run across cases where, in some towns or whatever, where the opposition to what you're doing is so great that you can't overcome it? <laughs> I never believe that we can't overcome it. I always mm. think we can. We just keep at it, and pretty soon they figure out oh, we're not going to go away. Uh, and maybe you should try it because it's not working the way you're doing it. So, so you've had to uh, kind of, kind of change the hearts and minds of people by by just showing them that it works, and and, and keep reminding them that that you know there's a better way, and until they come around, I guess. <laughs> yes, and there there's people out there that. They will get on the internet and they'll just, you know, they're cat haters and you can't change that. But uh, the they'll say how TN, yeah, how TNR doesn't work and all this and that. But if you look at what they're telling you, you look at their data, it's outdated. It's from like 2000 where yeah. there weren't too many TNRs, you know, going yeah. on and that. And I always tell them, bring back some current information and show me yeah. it doesn't work. And then you have groups like PETA that are uh, completely against TNR and, and yes. will not support it and actively work uh, against uh, TNR advocates. Uh, I mean, there are, there are, I've read about towns where, at town meetings where PETA goes in to speak up against the TNR and so forth. Have you, yes. Have you ran up against them? Just one time in New Jersey. Hmm. How'd, but, how'd that go? I think they're still fighting on it. They're still pushing for TNR. And, you know, so many people think so highly of PETA, but how can, I, I can't do that because you're supposed to be standing up for the true, good treatment of animals. And mm -hmm. here you, you won't help these animals. Yeah. What did they do? Well, Why well, can't they be supported? Yeah. Well, well, PETA uh, has always had this, this kind of controversial side uh, where they're at odds with uh, advocates in the pet world. Uh, you know, sometimes I guess in the world of, uh, in their world, that, that uh, pet advocacy and wildlife advocacy can often clash, and I guess that's uh, where they stand on it, but... What sort of uh, plans do you have for the future? Anything uh, coming up we should, uh, people should be aware of or, or can get involved in with you? Or? 
anybody who'd like to get involved can just contact us off of um, Facebook, Trap Neuter Return Community, or on my you can PM me personally, Beth Frank. I have the black black background with the white whisker cat. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh we'd be happy to put you you don't have to go out and do anything. I mean you can help just mm-hmm. sitting home at a keyboard if you want to do that. There's so many ways you can help. So so your Facebook group is tell us again. Trap trap neuter trap hyphen neuter hyphen return community our website's www.communicatsunited.org. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Beth, so much for the wonderful work that you're doing and helping all these cats. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's great, and I, I could talk to you all day, I think, but I'll let you get, <laughs> I'll let you get back to work. Okay. Thanks for having me, Robert. <laughs>